Welcome to the DLA Piper Pocket Guide to the UPC. I'm Sarah Turner, and in this series, our UPC team will look at some of the key issues raised by the Unified Patent Court and Unitary Patent. This new system will represent one of the biggest revolutions in IP law in over 40 years, and will affect everyone who uses the European patent system, wherever they may be based in the world. For more information, do visit our UPC website at dlapiper.com forward slash UPC, where you'll find articles on each of the topics we cover and much more. I'm pleased to introduce today's speaker, Paul Rieskamp. Paul is an IP litigator based in our Amsterdam office with more than 30 years of litigation experience. He's acted in a number of high-profile cross-border patent disputes across a wide range of industries. Today, Paul will be looking at remedies in the UPC system. Over to you, Paul. Hello there. In this podcast, I'll look at the remedies available under the UPC system. I don't think you will hear anything shocking as most of the traditional remedies you are used to under your national system are also available under the UPC system. But I will consider how the UPC is likely to approach these remedies. Let's first take a look at the territorial scope. There is one significant difference between the national systems and the UPC, and that is if a remedy is granted by the Unified Patent Court, it will take effect in all member states participating in the UPC. This is particularly significant for injunctions. If granted, an injunction will cover the whole UPC territory. Same goes for the other remedies, like an award for damages, a recall from the marketplace, etc. If a recall is ordered, it needs to be recalled from the whole UPC territory. So within the UPC territory, there is no longer any need for cross-border injunctions. However, the unitary wide effect of the UPC court orders only applies to unitary patents. And we expect that the first cases before the UPC will not relate to unitary patents, but will involve traditional European patents that have not been opted out. In such cases, the jurisdiction of the UPC will only cover those designated countries which are also participating in the UPC. Let's take a look at injunctions. The crown jewel of remedies in any patent dispute is obviously the injunction. And as you may know, an injunction can be permanent or preliminary. A hot topic is whether the UPC must issue an injunction if it has found infringement. This is also known as an automatic injunction, which is the standard in, for example, Germany and the Netherlands. This topic would justify a separate podcast, but I will just make a few remarks. Whether an automatic injunction will be granted will likely depend on the legal tradition of the local division hearing the case. It is also expected that the UPC will be sensitive to a proportionality defense in line with the IP enforcement directive. One of the principles of the enforcement directive is that all remedies, including an injunction, should be proportionate. For instance, even in Germany, there is a tendency now not to automatically grant injunctions. I will give you some examples of where this might apply. 
Think in the first place of a situation where a life-saving drug could not be supplied as a consequence of an injunction. In such a case, the UPC has the discretion to customize the injunction. This can be done, for example, to allow a license for a certain patient group against reasonable compensation. Another example, there will be a situation where an injunction would have a disproportionate effect to the infringement. For example, an injunction on a small car component that would effectively mean that the whole car could not be sold. Also, in such cases, a reasonable license might be a more reasonable solution than a injunction. We do not know yet in which direction the case law of the UPC will develop. Will they lean towards an automatic injunction or more towards an injunction if that is proportionate? As this depends on the way the enforcement directive will be applied, ultimately this needs to be decided by the European Court of Justice. Then let's take a look at preliminary injunctions. The UPC can also issue preliminary injunctions. When deciding on a preliminary injunction, the UPC will look at various factors, such as there are more. But first, whether the patent has been upheld in opposition before the European Patent Office or revocation proceedings before the UPC. Of course, if the patent is upheld, your chances will improve to get a preliminary injunction. And the UPC will take a look at the urgency of the matter. And here it will be interesting to see what the threshold for urgency will be. Is it as long as the infringement continues, which for example is the principle in the Dutch law? Or will it cease to exist if the patentee does not act within a couple of weeks after becoming aware of the infringement, as I believe is the standard in many German courts? In cases of extreme urgency, the presiding judge of the UPC may decide immediately on a request for a preliminary injunction. As said at the start of this podcast, there is no need for cross-border injunctions, as UPC injunctions for unitary patents will cover the whole UPC territory. But can the UPC also issue an injunction outside UPC territory? in countries such as Spain and the UK, which are not participating in the UPC. We will look at this interesting topic in more detail in a future episode, but the short answer is yes, it can, albeit under certain conditions. Then let's take a look at the other remedies available under the UPC system. In addition to injunctions under the UPC system, there are other preliminary and corrective remedies available for the patentee. As for an injunction, when deciding whether to grant these remedies, the UPC will balance the interest of the claimant against those of the defendant. This is in line with the proportionality test I've just addressed. Before proceedings are started, the UPC may order seizure of infringing goods and a seizure of evidence. The court may also issue an order to freeze bank accounts and other assets of the defendant. This can even be done without first hearing the defendant. At the end of the proceedings, when the UPC issues its final decision, 
it can grant also the following court orders. In order to recall infringing products from the market, depriving the products of their infringing nature, for example, by redesigning them to remove the infringing parts, destruction of the infringing products and or destruction of the equipment used to manufacture them. And the UPC can order to provide information regarding the source and distribution channels of infringing products, quantities manufactured and sold, and the profits made with the sale of the infringing products. And this information can be used by the patentee to file actions against other parties involved in the infringement, and so to clear the market. This information is also relevant for the assessment of damages. And yes, of course, the UPC can award damages. In assessing the damages award, the UPC can take into account the patentee's lost profits and the profits made by the infringer. If the infringer did not act in bad faith, the UPC may limit damages to the profits made by the infringer. Damages can be assessed in separate proceedings before the UPC, which have to be initiated one year from the service of the court decision on liability. The UPC can also order the losing party to pay the winning party's legal fees and fees for experts and witnesses in separate proceedings following a decision on the merits. As you may imagine, there's much more to say about all the remedies I've mentioned above. The key takeaway for today, however, is that the UPC agreement and the rules of procedure provide a patentee with a wide range of remedies against an infringer. In that regard, it's fair to say that the UPC can be seen as rather patentee friendly. However, as I said earlier, it is expected that the UPC will apply the proportionality test when awarding remedies. For that reason, it makes sense to explain to the court why the interests of the patentee should outweigh the interest of a defendant when asking for a particular court order. Thanks for listening.